0: Welcome to Ion Oakland. I'm Chuck Moss, your host. We have a great guest here, uh, one of our favorite people, Tom Kuhn, who I formerly served as uh, county commissioner with, who is now state representative from the 57th district. Welcome
1: to the show, representative. Oh, thanks, Chuck. I appreciate being here and having the opportunity to say what's going on up in Lansing.
0: Well, it's an opportunity one way or the other, but uh, so <laughs> question is, uh, first of all, where is the 57th district?
1: The 57th district is the east side of Troy, the west side of Sterling Heights, and a precinct in Madison Heights.
0: Okay, Oakland. And what committees are you on up in uh, up in Lansing?
1: Well, I'm on the uh, Appropriations Committee, and I'm Minority Vice Chair of the Appropriations Subcommittee on um, Community Colleges and Higher Ed. I'm also on the Health and Human Resources, Health and Human Services, uh, Subcommittee, which is, as you know, one of the biggest budgets in Lansing.
0: Yeah, but yeah, it's one of the big four, uh, and uh, Higher Ed is definitely, definitely another one. So uh, good. Well. That puts you right in with the budget. So um, we'll do the hardball question. What's going on in Lansing?
1: Well, what's going on in Lansing? Um, I hate to say what's going on in Lansing. (laughs) I mean, honestly, um, you know, from my perspective, transparency in our state government remains my highest priority. I've sponsored and co-sponsored several bills to increase openness and transparency in our appropriations process. We finished uh, the budget in June, but billions and billions of dollars were spent on things, of which the public and the vast majority of the House members had no notice and no knowledge.
0: Would these be the, uh, what we used to call uh, the supplemental appropriations, where you've got a budget, you pass it, and then to make a change in it, you have a supplemental or a negative supplemental. Supplemental is adding and subtracting stuff, so as they say, it's a living document. Uh, Is that what you're talking about?
1: No, actually, I'm talking about the actual budgets for uh, this fiscal year, starting October 1st. Uh, Again, it was an $82 billion budget, but Billions and billions of it came to us while we're sitting on the house floor without having any opportunity to look at it. And billions and billions were, you know, monies that no one had seen previously, other than apparently a select few who came up with the numbers.
0: What are they spending it on?
1: Well, what are they spending it on? It's mostly on special interest uh, projects
0: and again that's a,
1: it's a big problem up there i mean we're, we we want to spend money on high priorities you know but it's uh it seems to be that it's only partisan priorities that are matter and so yeah i mean we've seen all the reports from different news media on how little transparent this budget process was even compared to prior budget processes so But openness and transparency go beyond just holding the state government accountable for its spending. It extends to some very important substantive issues like criminal justice as well. For example, just last Thursday, we as House members were given a 20-bill package that radically undermines our police and prosecutors.
0: How does it do? Okay, so tell me. um how, uh, you know, criminal justice, look, you're an attorney, you're a lawyer, you've practiced and cooked to Lansing, which is you know, probably we want making laws or people who understand how, how laws work. What laws have been passed? How do they undermine or would undermine public safety?
1: Well, you know, for example, last Thursday we were asked to vote on 20 bill package immediately the same day they were put on the agenda. Um, so how how do they, I mean, one example, a couple of the bills that they laid before us last Thursday would expand public spending to support criminal defendants by hundreds of millions of dollars each year. This is at a time when our police and prosecutors are woefully underfunded. Chuck, I don't know if you caught the speech by Detroit Mayor Mike Duggan last week. He said one of his highest priorities is to increase the number of police officers so that they can deter and prevent crime, not just uh, respond to them. Did you catch the news article that our prosecutors' offices are half filled or severely understaffed? One county they had to close down the prosecutor's office.
0: Well, now Mike Duggan, of course, is uh, is a Democrat. I mean, look, the Democrats—you got—they uh, they got the trifecta. They run the the governor both houses of uh, the legislature. Here's Mike Duggan, who is maybe after the governor, the most powerful and certainly visible Democrat in the state. Is the Detroit delegation uh, maybe saying this isn't a great thing?
1: Well, again, Mayor Duggan went up to Lansing last week and, you know, in his speech, he Indicated he was shocked to see that the Democratic Caucus was hamstrung by a radical clique, many of them suburban Democratic legislators, who were not in, who are only interested in their radical agenda, not bipartisanship, not public safety, not good policy, not working for the best interest of our citizens.
0: Yeah, Tom, he said that. Duggan said that.
1: He. Uh,
0: Said that amazing that Duggan, Duggan would come out and lambaste the Democrats, uh, his own Democratic Party, not just calling the Republicans a bunch of idiots. I mean, look, like, that's that's expected. Um, uh, how so, uh, more money for what criminal defense? Um, yeah, what?
1: Well, again, um, let's put it this way. Mayor Duggan said the dysfunction in Lansing was every bit as bad as the dysfunction in Washington. But, but the problem is it's getting little to no publicity or press coverage. No, um, yeah. You know, we need, we need to have, I mean, if you're going to, I mean, if you're going to add hundreds of millions of dollars for criminal defense, we need to, uh, provide the same funding for our prosecutors and for our police. Um, I met with the, a couple months ago with the Michigan State Prosecutors Association. They had the same problem. You know, they're being blindsided by legislation. Frequently, legislation dramatically affecting our public safety is introduced and passed before the prosecutors even get notice of it and an opportunity to respond with their views and perspectives.
0: What's their angle? I got a question. What's their angle? I mean we've seen on the west coast whether it's la San Francisco where I just was I lived there for it's 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 awful um Portland Seattle out in New York we've seen where these um soft on crime we'll call them that reforms lead they lead to uh, dramatic increases in crime and uh, fall in the quality of life I don't they I mean, what's the angle why do they why would the click as it were the people who are driving who who number one who's driving this and what is what's their end game well i mean <laughs> i mean
1: i'm not privy to what their end game is chuck honestly but but what we've what we're seeing is a large number of bills being dumped on us that impact public safety uh that impact uh you know the length of time Uh, you know, criminals are in jail. We have what, you know, package called productivity credits, which uh, basically go after truth and sentencing, something that our citizens voted for and, uh, you know, made part of our state laws. Um, They don't want criminals to to serve their minimum time. So we have that and we have, juvenile justice and juvenile lifer, I mean, there's there's a, just a slew of these massive packages that seem to be canned, No, whether, whether they come from the West Coast, they come from God knows where they come from, but they're already canned, they're ready to go, and, and they're dumped on us at the last second, and they, they don't give the legislators, they don't give the public, they don't give the prosecutors, they don't give the police time to even respond to them.
0: Okay, you say can. In other words, these these are not uh, these bills that are becoming laws, are not things that are arising. What's the what's the organically whatever naturally from legislators who say I think it's a great idea, let's bring it in and make it happen. You're getting finished products um, like a model criminal code being handed to you made by by who? That is that's I find that to be. Interesting and quite disturbing. Yeah, it's being pushed well, by some national group.
1: Yeah, I don't know what the what group it is. They're not talking to me, but um, you know, it's. <laughs> I, I had one discussion with one Republican legislator who had joined all the about ten or fifteen other Democratic legislatures in some legislation on speedy trials, and I said, "Hey, you know, we have um, uh, a." <laughs> We've had speedy trials, they're part of the U.S. Constitution, there's established case law for the last 50 years. Uh, why do we want a, a new bill that says uh, criminals who have committed horrible crimes are automatically let out if, if they don't have a, a trial within an X amount of time? Why do we? Why don't we continue with the rational balancing that has been established by the courts? And the only response was, oh, I'll have to talk to the lobbyist about that.
0: Oh, talk to the lobbyist. Uh, What question? Okay, well, in other words, follow the money. Is this the trial lawyers behind this? I mean, if I were a defense lawyer, I would love to have the uh, uh, playing field artificially lowered in my favor, certainly.
1: Well, again, I can't tell you who's behind it uh, because they're not talking to me. but, But obviously there's... There's some lobbyists and some groups that are pushing this. And and it's unfortunate that they're not giving uh, sufficient time for full debate and public uh, discussion of these issues because they are they dramatically impact public safety.
0: Now, that's an old that's an old trick. Are they are they uh, keeping like late nights and calls of the house? Call the house is when they won't let you go and they don't want to keep you there because they're they think if you they keep you all night you'll agree to whatever it is they want well it's stupid that nobody's going to do that but have you had any like all-nighters
1: yet no no all-nighters i mean we we are often sitting there as they're rounding up uh the you know the required 56 votes and sometimes you know that takes hours and hours and hours and we're just sitting there waiting for it but again it's for me, it's much more important that we get this information about the bills early so that we're able, to, and, you know, important groups like the, you know, the Sheriff's Association and our sheriff and, you know, Sheriff Bouchard's a great sheriff in Oakland County. And um, and our prosecutors are given a sufficient time to respond to these proposals.
0: Well, I would think that, uh, you know, crossing the aisles, you've got the Wayne County Sheriff. And you've got um, uh, the guys in Macomb, who I believe is a Democrat. Uh, They they don't want to see this. You know, their their towns turn into San Francisco. We know that uh, Detroit has held the line against that. I would think. Have you ever talked to some of the Detroit reps or anything about where where you guys on this?
1: Yeah. Again, you know, part of the problem, Chuck, is. I'm on appropriations. And again, we don't get much information ahead of time. It's all jammed down our throats. And, and that's why I'm talking about openness and transparency because we get these bills at the last second. I mean, I tried and for example, we met with our school superintendents today and they were talking about all these bills that are coming down. But what happens is we get them the day they're supposed to come before the house for a vote. And, um, and it's great for me that the Tri superintendent, Rich McChesky is, is you know, I send him, I say, whoa, we just got this bill uh, at the last second, and they want to pass it today. Where do, you, how does this impact Troy schools? Um, and he responds right away. But you know, we're not. <laughs> that's, so much of the legislation is coming like that, and it, and we need to have it so that. The groups that are ed, impacted by it, whether it's the prosecutors, whether it's the schools, whether it's the the police, have a chance to respond to it and provide us with information. And the public has a chance to to learn what what these bills are about.
0: Well, dumping it on it without any uh, without any notice, you can't. You said you can't discuss. We're going to have to take a break right here. We'll come back. With Tom Kuhn, state representative from the 57th District and what's going on in Lansing. And it doesn't sound so good, but uh, uh, knowledge is power. So don't go away. We'll be right back here on Eye on Oakland. back to Ion on Oakland. We're talking to Tom Kuhn, state representative from the 57th District, which is um, about half of it's Oakland, the other half into Macomb. So you've got Troy, Madison Heights, big part of Oakland County. And we were talking about... uh, criminal justice. We're talking about bills that are coming in that uh, just seem to make no sense uh, after the experiment we've seen on the West Coast. But uh, I'd like to shift off. I know that one of your areas of concentration is economic development. So what's going on with economic development? I mean, we like jobs. We like development. What's going on?
1: Well, you know, it depends if you're in Lansing or you're elsewhere in the state, because uh, the governor... um, Around the state, saying she supports economic development, but we're not seeing that in Lansing. Um, for example, we had a five million dollar appropriation for the defense center. You know, defense is important, particularly with um, issues where we have transformation of industries like the automotive industry. We have an opportunity with all our engineering and all our uh, capability and our skills to to move into the defense industry. For years under Rick Snyder, we had a defense center. It was located in Sterling Heights and it helps focus uh, the attention of, of all right across the board to get important contracts for our defense industry here in, in Southeast Michigan, which is a big, big industry um so we had this we had this 5 million appropriation which actually I moved initially because it wasn't in the uh, house budget but it was eventually put in and um but what happens it goes up to MEDC MEDC Michigan Economic Development Corporation yeah, economic you- development right you're familiar with them. yeah yeah well in any case, MEDC sends out a, you know, job applications for people to be the uh, executive director of the defense center. We have some very, very qualified people who have applied to that. People who really would help promote our defense and aerospace industry here in in uh, Southeast Michigan. And then uh, just heard a couple of weeks ago that, hmm. MEDC has decided, no, we're not going to have a defense center in Sterling Heights. No, we're not going to have an executive director. We're going to just handle it through MEDC. Ah. So, and, and that's very concerning because it's extremely important area. We need to have um, someone in charge, and they need to have uh, a location where they can bring the focus uh, of these important aerospace and defense dollars uh, to our companies and, and to our uh, employees and to the people who live here in Southeast
0: Michigan. Now, when you say Sterling Heights, let's let's be frank here. The Sterling Heights was the Sterling Heights, the tank plant that was, uh, they, you know, they built all the tanks for World War II. And then afterward, that's where they built the M1 Abrams. Uh, they still do a ton of uh you know vehicular and armor stuff they build for uh you know for the army the sterling heights location is one of the the world's biggest defense producers so you say sterling heights that's you know not just because it's there it's this is major 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 defense department uh defense department asset uh medc is bureaucracy you know they, they want to control everything i have a question economic development are they Um, just giving tax money and tax breaks to favored businesses or are they you know is this is this all just the distribution of pork was under Grantholm? is it is it that way now
1: well you know uh, we obviously have concerns about uh, spending billions and billions uh, for battery plants that you know have no accountability.
0: Wait a minute, battery plant. Let's 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 uh, let's let's use the you know let's say I say a cost spade a spade here. We're talking about battery plants that are owned by the People's Republic of China.
1: Right, they're they're yeah. owned uh, by a communist Chinese. Yeah, uh,
0: by by our probably yeah. our biggest geopolitical adversary right now, the Russians. You know, I'm, I'm talking about you know the PRC. So yeah, yeah, we're giving them money to build uh, to build a battery plant.
1: Yeah, and again, I mean, part of it is this, you know, we have this great automotive industry here, and it seems like uh, the goal isn't to make the state better for uh, business, for for economic development, but to think that, oh, well, if we throw away enough billions and billions of dollars, uh, this is going to create economic development that doesn't create economic development as you know
0: well you know i have a question is the i don't know what her strategy is we knew we knew what granholm's strategy was she liked uh, renewables and, and wind energy and all that as it turns out her own personal portfolio was quite uh, became quite enriched with that stuff uh, now she's secretary of energy aren't we lucky so uh, uh, regulating those same industries so the question is there any objective standard of measurement to show success other than just, I gave X amount of money. Hooray. Is there, you know, we have a baseline of something we can show you that we got something for that money.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, I, I asked that, I asked that very question of uh, Quentin Messer and, you know, MEDC and I've yet to hear a response. I don't believe they do honestly. Um, and, you know, we've seen what they've said publicly, well, we're going to have X number of people uh, getting paid X amount of dollars at this battery plant. To me, that's not really um, a valid parameter.
0: Well, you know, the bat- it's, it's one battery plant. I mean, you say we have an industrial policy. That was Jennifer Granholm's thing, industrial policy. Well, you know, the government industrial policy has a spotty reputation uh, in history, but uh, at least we knew what she was going for. I mean, what is it? Is it like marijuana? Is it, uh, you know, she, the abortion capital? I mean, what is, what is she trying to do? Or is she just taking tax money and giving it to her buddies?
1: Well, I mean, certainly she's giving tax, but dollars um, <laughs> to her buddies that, I mean, that seems to be the common thing up in Lansing um, right across the board, but you know. um, As far as a rational policy, I can't understand why you wouldn't emphasize, you know, things like uh, the economic development of of the defense industry, which is
0: extremely important, and the automotive industry. Betting big on renewables probably. Now, you know, I can't help myself because when it comes to Lansing, I got to ask questions about budget. That's just... Yeah, you know, kind of what I did. So I got a question. The governor and is, is a big, big, big spender. What is it? $82 billion. That's a that's a lot. That's way more than I remember. So um, where's she getting all this money? I mean, is it all just ARPA money or all that? Where where's all the money coming from to spend? Or isn't there any?
1: Well, you know, the state bounced back fantastically from the COVID and And as a result, there was uh, a massive budget surplus, $9 billion, but, you know, within the first couple months of our being in office earlier this year, that $9 billion was already spent. Um, And, you know, 82 billion is, you know, it leaves no, (laughs) no room for, you know, the future and part and a a huge issue is the sustainability of of many of these expenditures uh they're not sustainable um because they aren't looking at that they're looking at the big splash the big news release the new big hoopla that you know they get when
0: they say oh i have this new program are they costing it out like saying gee this program will cost let's pick a number uh 10 million dollars it's going to be ten million dollars today. Uh, next year, it might be eleven. It might be twelve. All along, this is what it will cost for the next five years. This is where the funding will come from. Are they doing anything like that?
1: Well, Chuck, you know, and I know that that's not how the state government works.
0: Well, it uh, it should. It should. It can. I'll just put it that way. <laughs> yes, actually, it it can.
1: Um, it can, and,
0: can do, and, and it, it can should. When you demand that, because I'm, I'm sure you do, because that's what that's what they do in Oakland County. Uh, what sure. do they say? Oh, we go, uh, what, what do they tell you? when they say, how much is this going to cost all in? Do they have an answer or do they just laugh? You
1: know, again, there's no response to I mean, the issue of sustainability of these programs has been brought up again and again and again when they uh, when they came in with their eighty two million dollar budget, you know are are these programs sustainable? And the answer is no,
0: no. Are they putting away a rainy day fund of any kind? Well,
1: again, they oh. had 82 million. They had a nine, 82 billion. I'm sorry. And had 9 billion surplus. And uh, they took away from the rainy day fund. So
0: what can you say? Okay. So no, there is no rainy days, no, no rainy day funding. Uh, so now just another question. The, um, UAW strike. It's it's still going on as of this uh, uh, taping. Uh, maybe it'll get. Maybe they'll solve it tonight. Maybe they won't solve it for a couple of months. Is are you seeing uh, up in Lansing some any kind of fall off in state budget or state uh, revenue from that? You know they haven't come out with any uh, recent projections since
1: the um, since the strike started. Uh, the the revenues were down uh, at the last projection uh, considerably. But uh, I suspect, you know, given the amount of uh, time that uh, the strike has been going and may continue to go, there we'll see a significant downturn in, in revenue.
0: I can only imagine. I mean, that the, they're not working. Uh, the car companies aren't making a profit. Uh, the people who work are laid off or they're on strike. And that just spirals. That's a very bad spiral. Uh, so I just, I just wonder what's their, what did they, did they are they looking to tomorrow? Or do they just figure we'll spend money and we'll be happy today? Uh, I don't know what, what is their end game or don't they have any, or don't they care because they're not being transparent about it?
1: You know, again, Chuck, I, I can't tell you what their end game is. I mean, it seems, um, uh, a lot of it is just partisan politics, uh, but for me, government, the, the way to deal with this problem is always with openness and transparency. We need to have the opportunity for public discussion and debate uh, about appropriations, about substantive laws that dramatically impact our state and our communities.
0: Well, you know, I've always found is if uh, people are hiding something, it's generally because they have something to hide. Uh, you know, they... It would be, they would be trumpeting it if they weren't. So um, I'm just going to just ask you we get very, very quick, very quick question now. Um, uh, Detroit, Detroit's been doing a pretty good job. Uh, can the Detroiters keep that going?
1: You know, again, they have a great mayor and, and Mayor Duggan. He's, he's focused on providing uh, public safety. He's focused on helping communities and neighborhoods. And uh, promoting economic development.
0: Um, well yeah I can't argue I can't argue with uh, with success. Uh, hopefully some of the r- more rational people can talk to the more rational people on the Democrat side. Uh, that would that would that would be bipartisanship wouldn't that be amazing? Great talking to you. Tom Coons state representative, 57th district. Uh, when they start ordering the pizzas and keeping you all night, then you got to worry. And we'll they, call you Chuck ha, uh, put the pepperoni take the pepperoni. Thank you very much, and thank you to all of you for joining us here on Ion Oakland.